Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. Our scripture reading on this Pentecost Sunday is the story of Pentecost. I'm reading from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they're filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and young men shall see visions, and old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my Spirit, and they will prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist, The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It is hard to believe that it is 50 days past Easter. That's when Pentecost is celebrated each year. The church commemorating the Holy Spirit descending on the apostles and other followers of Jesus in Jerusalem. 
Peter preached on that day, and 3,000 new believers joined the fold. This is why it's called the birthday of the church. Followers were baptized in the Holy Spirit. People spoke in ecstatic utterance, speaking in tongues. But I'm wondering, and, and, and here's what I want us to explore today. I'm wondering if the bigger miracle is not that people spoke in other languages, but that people heard each other. The book of Romans asks a great question. Chapter 10, how will they hear without a preacher? Well, I'm not trying to drum up some love for preachers, but it's a good question. How will the larger question, living without the knowledge of God's love for them in Christ, how will they hear without a preacher, without somebody telling them this good news? Somebody needs to tell them that they're made in the image of God and that Jesus is reclaiming them and loving them. But several years ago, my friend Ron Johnson wrote a book that played with that title just a little bit, played with the famous line from Romans. Dr. Johnson was professor of evangelism at Mercer, and his book was entitled, How Will They Hear If We Don't Listen? The premise of the book is spelled out in the title. Traditional evangelism has focused pretty much on the preacher and the message, the one sharing his or her faith. Know what you believe. Bear witness to the gospel. But Dr. Johnson asked a good question too. How will they hear if we have not first listened to them? Tried to understand other people's lives from their perspective. Trying to identify with the values that animate their life instead of just preaching our judgment at those values. And have we taken time to recognize the influences that have shaped us as well. I'm a professional proclaimer of the gospel, but my experience, my preaching, is is shaped by my experiences and my cultural pressures. I'm a 56-year-old white straight male. I grew up as part of the majority in every way. Christian and middle class and American and white and male and straight and not disabled, if you will forgive the double negative, you just go down the list. I'm even right-handed. There's no avoiding it. I approach the world as a card-carrying member of the majority, the group in power, however you define that. And I'm not bragging or complaining It's the condition of my birth. None of the adjectives I mention is bad. I'm not apologizing for being male or white or whatever. But if I'm blind, if I'm blind to what has shaped me and don't realize that 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 might have written some of the scripts of my prejudices, that's when it gets dangerous. There's a, well, there's a West African uh, proverb that says, 
Until the lion tells the story, the hunter will always be the hero. We, we all experience the world from inside our story. Our condition of birth isn't something we can help. But we can help whether or not we use our identity as a way to shut off listening to others. The, the natural response to our cultural uniqueness is to find others who share it. That way we don't feel peculiar. Birds of a feather and all that. If I hang out with other middle-aged, right-handed white guys, then that might become the way of normalizing the world for me and everything gets less stressful for me. But the risk in doing that is that other people's worldview, other people's culture might start seeming to me not just different than, but less than. I might tell so many stories inside the culture of right-handed people that I start thinking others who are not right-handed might also not be right-minded. And then, then things start to go wrong. Because when I start to think my way is the right way, then the rest of what happens in the culture starts to disintegrate. And we have seen it in its most dangerous and rampant effects. The extreme forms of this kind of prejudice and tribalism make the news. In the extreme, Christians are are executed in Islamabad. Black men get shot while jogging, and Jewish temples are targets of violence in San Diego. But it's just too easy to look at the extremes and give ourselves a pass. The truth is, this particular virus has affected all of us. Most of us walk around and look asymptomatic. We're not committing violence or spewing hatred, but we carry it even when there are no obvious signs of infection. It shows up in sneaky ways like where we will or will not shop, the jokes we tell, the people we hire. We're all more comfortable with our own whoever that happens to be. So in our scripture today at Pentecost, this is why I think the bigger miracle is not that people spoke in other languages, but that people heard. Parthians, Medes, Elamites, dwellers of Mesopotamia, in spite of all of their cultural differences, they heard each other. That's a miracle. Now, I know this isn't real high-level scholarship. I just used my fingers and counted. But in this passage today, there are more references to sound, heard, hearing, listen than there are to voice, 
speak and speaking. The bigger miracle might not be that they spoke in tongues, but that these different cultures heard each other. It's ironic, I think, that more speaking probably leads to less hearing. I guess guess it's the economics of supply and demand that maybe there are just so many words out there they they don't count for as much as they used to. God spoke creation into being. Those words had weight. The Gettysburg Address, ten sentences long. Words had some currency then, I suppose. But now that words are just everywhere, they might have just lowered their value. Not all of them. I mean, if you listen to the prayers of your five-year-old at nighttime... Those words still weigh something. But stand in Times Square for an hour, and how much will you actually hear? How much listening goes on? The overload of words makes true listening almost impossible, which is why we have to work at it. And why it's included in the miracle of Pentecost. How is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites. The big miracle of Pentecost might just be that these people with all of these differences actually heard each other. Also, since there are more words, there's also a chance for us to educate and inform ourselves from within our own tribal bias. Most people used to get their news from Walter Cronkite. Now, there are so many words to choose from. You can keep turning the dial until you find other right-handed people who share your view of the world. And you can read And never read something that you disagree with. You can make no friends outside of your circle of right-handed friends. And go your whole life never knowing a Parthian Mede or Elamite. And if that's the case, what are the chances that the Pentecost miracle will happen? Here in Atlanta, of all places... We might have our finger in our ears. We might be missing the miracle of Pentecost. But it's hard. It's hard. Ralph Waldo Emerson once said, People who wish to be settled, people wish to be settled. Only as far as they are unsettled is there any hope for them. Well, I don't like being unsettled. If you're all of my adjectives, you know, male and right-handed and all the rest, you might not want to read Claudia Rankine's book, Citizen. I went to a lunch uh, right before the pandemic uh, with a guy who's African-American, and he read this book by this African-American author, and he said it really messed with him. It was disturbing for him. It was unsettling for him. 
So I read it. And if you want to be settled, just don't. It's not easy to listen to the perspective of Elamites and Medes and all of those folks. The miracle, though, the miracle of Pentecost might be that they heard each other. President Roosevelt was convinced that nobody was actually hearing each other. So so one night at a social gathering, he decided to try this little experiment. FDR decided to find out if anybody was actually paying attention to what he was saying to them. So as each person came by and he extended his hand and he offered that great big smile, he would say, I murdered my grandmother this morning. People just automatically respond with, how lovely. Or keep up the good work, Mr. President. Nobody listened. Except for one foreign diplomat, when the president said, I murdered my grandmother this morning, the diplomat leaned in and said, I'm sure she had it coming. Hearing might be the miracle of Pentecost. I I can't get over the fact that everybody was there for the birth of the church. Every known culture, every known language, the gospel does not belong to any one of us any more than it belongs to all of us. The birth of the church, Pentecost, looked like Buford Highway on Friday night. And the Pentecostal miracle is that those people heard each other. All of those different perspectives, cultures, languages, Well, this is Acts chapter 2. The rest of the book, as you know, is a story of evangelism, the spread of the telling of this life-transforming relationship with Christ. Speaking in this book spreads the gospel from Jerusalem to Samaria to the ends of the earth. But at the birth of the church, people from different cultures, backgrounds, and prejudices We're actually hearing each other. The spread of the gospel started with people being heard. Maybe Ron Johnson had it right. How will people hear if we don't listen? Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponstelian Baptist Church.